Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the 1871 podcast, and our special guest for this episode is former Reading midfielder and model, John <laughs> So, John, thank you for joining us, and welcome to the 1871 podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It always seems weird when people call me a model, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, there you go. We've seen the pictures on Instagram. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Not um, the pants ones, hopefully. Yeah, well, you it sound like you're living the dream. You know, professional footballer, played in the Premier League, uh, won the title with, with Brentford as well, didn't you? Um, and uh, And then, you know, set up your own fashion business, done some modelling. Um, and we'll come on to your time at Reading, but uh, I, I mentioned um, a few of us have, have seen some of the pictures on Instagram. So my first question is, is about that. Which was more sure. difficult? Which was more difficult, training for for Reading or maintaining the six pack? <laughs> um, you know, well, you know what? The amount of running you do when you're a footballer, you can eat what you want. So unless you unless I'm putting the, the sort of miles in on the treadmills um in the gym now, I've kind of got to watch what I'm eating. You know what I mean? Footballers are lucky. We can eat pasta all Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we can eat burger, king, whatever you want to do, you can eat it because you're doing them the K's or whatever or the miles on the pitch. So um it was a lot easier then to, to keep the six pack. And you know, I, I had mates like stacking that in the gym, so that was fun. Um <laughs> But now, now I'm a bit older as well, so it's a little bit more difficult. I've got to look after myself a little bit more. I've got to get in the gym. I've got to watch what I eat. Um, but the drinking's all still there, so. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> look, just, just to say, just to put it out there, if you're, um, if the, the modelling agency that you work with needs a balding, middle-aged man with a dad bod, I'm available. Uh, you know what? pound <laughs> an hour, I'll do it. No worries. Everyone's included now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's all inclusive. I'm losing yeah. I'm losing a lot of clients to people like you now. You know? All shapes and sizes, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Six foot six foot seven, does that help? Yeah, you you ain't six foot seven, are you? I am, yeah. yeah. You can no, get no one realizes because I'm sitting down. So there's a big and tall shop on Oxford Street. They love you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there you go. Shame, shame, I couldn't head the ball, or I would have been brilliant. But never I mind. I couldn't head the ball either, mate. <laughs> I was trying to use my chest, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so, um, John, you know, we know a lot about the the football side of things with with Reading, and obviously, we're going to talk about Arsenal and stuff like that as well. But, but tell us what it is that you're doing now, because you you clearly are, are doing some modelling and. Um, you know, and I, I kind of read that you'd set up a, a men's fashion business. So tell us what it is that you're doing now and, and 
what that all looks like. Yeah, so I'm um I'm a full time model or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I do my modelling. I've got the sort of agents. I've got me my main mother agent. They call it in London, and he looks after me on everything. And I've got model agencies in like every you know big city in in the world. And they all kind of talk together and, and pimp you out a little bit and get your job. So um, I've been doing that now for nearly 11 years, 12 years. Um, and since I'm in the industry and, you know, I, I like clothes and all the rest of it. So slowly but surely, I've, you know, picked up a lot of, um, you know, skills and, and whatever. And I want to make my own clothes. So I sat down with a model friend of mine, a really good friend, uh, Dejan. And uh, we just said, listen, let's just, you know, let's do our own thing. We've got loads of contacts in this industry. We can use them and try and get them for free or for cheap or for a drink. Um, and that was it. So we was going to do it before COVID, actually. But then COVID come and it sort of, we was like, I feel like I should have still done it because everyone did sales online went nuts didn't they? you know what i mean people were on their sofas buying everything so uh, we didn't do it but now we're looking to release 2024 spring summer um so i'm doing it at the moment but it's kind of hard to to do it because i'm missing a lot of deadlines because i'm flying here and i'm flying there for work so it's kind of it's hard it's, it's more difficult than i thought it would be finding fabrics and especially trying to do it in, in england or london it's really expensive so we're just finding our feet. We're learning a lot about fabrics and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be good. I know it's gonna be good. It's just getting there, and um, I think we will. I'm excited about it. And, and when you say Dejan, Dejan uh, Lovren, yeah. No, no, no. So it's a model friend of mine called Dejan Obradovic. Um, oh, okay. So it was like when I first done my first ever like. Uh, Armani Fashion Walk was like f- eleven years ago, and I went to I went to obviously to Milan and in Italy, and um, there's about fifty boy models all looking unbelievable, and I'm like, oh, what am I doing here? I don't really belong here. And then all of a sudden, I heard a London voice, and I was like, oh, oh, where's he? And that was it. Uh, right, okay. So uh, we've been friends ever since. And, um, that was it. So kind of thing. So he looked at, I looked, he looked after me, and now we're good friends, and we're going on this little venture together. Well, I took a guess because um, I actually spoke to Dejan uh, a few years ago um, when he was doing exactly the same. He was setting up a oh, uh, he is, is he? Yeah. A, a clothing business. So um, uh, I, I kind of put two and two together and, and got fired. Uh, never mind. Um, I'll have a look at his stuff. I'll have to have a little Google and see what he's got. Yeah, because I, th- I was going to say to you, oh, your clients are Luca Modric and that, but that's the other Dejan. But uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. You could sell some to you could sell some to Steve Sibwell and Dave Kitson, maybe. Well, they're gonna wear it for free for me then, boys. When they're on their yeah, TV. That's the way to do it, isn't it? I don't know yet. I just ain't asked them yet. But when they're on their telly and doing the old sports reviews and whatever. Yeah. Well we got we got, few, uh, we, we got a few of the uh, obviously the other ex Reading contacts as, as guests. So if you need any help, I'm sure you don't, but we'll help. <laughs> but look, let's um let's let's talk about the the football. So, um, want to start with uh, before your time at Reading. You started out at, at Arsenal with Steve Sidwell, Graham Stack, who you yeah. mentioned. Um, you're part for people who don't know. You were part of Arsenal's FA, FA Youth Cup winning team in 2000, and actually the three of you all went out to Belgium together, played on loan out there, didn't you? Yeah, um, yeah, we did. And you played uh, play for Arsenal in, in the League Cup. Um, and then you were at Stoke, and then you came to Reading. Um, 
and uh, we we actually we did a quiz, Johnny, didn't, didn't we? And John John yeah. was one of the answers in the quiz because we said, "Can you name everyone that scored in the one hundred and six season?" So you're ah. on. The, so you were in. I a, was there. I was there, John. Was it three one? Wasn't it against uh, three one? Yeah. Was it Stoke yeah. City? Yeah. yeah, Stoke City. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I, I yeah, saw you score for There you go. You everyone scores against their old club, didn't they? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and you uh, and John, you you played in the the Premier League for Reading, and and you scored. I think I'm right in saying you scored for Reading against Liverpool in the League Cup. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just just want to ask you about that time because obviously you were at basically at Reading during the most the two most successful seasons in the club's history. Yeah. Um, what was that like, you know, having been at Arsenal and, and you knew Steve said, well, you knew Graham Stack. Um, how, how did that move to, to Reading come about, first of all? You know what? It was a, it was a load, of, load of different things why I ended up at Reading. Um, first of all, when I was at Stoke, um, I was having a great time. I wasn't planning on leaving. Um you know, I was doing really well. I was getting a lot of, you know, plaudits or whatever. And I was happy to stay there and see how we would go on. But then they, Tony Pulis got sacked. And Pulis was my man. Like, I love Pulis to bits. He, you know, he let me come on and sort of cut, he brought my, my game on a bit. It made me a bit more defensive than I probably would have been because he played me right back. Um, uh, but he's also let me, you know, Tony Pulis is a really, you know, defensive-minded guy. But he still let me do what I wanted to do. Um he let me get away but I'd done well for him and he's like as long as you, you do it like that you're good to go so Tony Pulis got sacked and then they brought another guy in a, a Dutch guy and uh, to be fair I loved him as well he was good as gold but then my contract was coming to a renewal and whilst I was renewing it I don't want to sound like a greedy bastard but um, we went in there saying we want to you know we want to be the highest paid player at the club blah 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 and they was like yep yeah, cool we'll do that no problems but then they threw um, a clause in it was a big clause like for a release clause so we was like we don't really want that um and then it went back and forth for ages for ages <clears throat> and whilst this was happening um i'm gonna say it anyway parge called me up when he was at west ham and parge said listen meet me in the hotel la 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 we'll live in chit chat and um we'll get you we'll get you to west ham when your contract finishes so i was like i right, call won't sign him a contract i'm going to west ham so now i'm thinking that and then the dutch key the dutch manager at stowe i forget his name it was a blind up. It was a big geezer, and if, and then once what they said to me is, if you don't sign your contract, you ain't playing. So they stuck me on the bench for a couple of months. Um, but I stayed strong. But every time I went into training in the morning, I used to try and find a back way in because he'd be sitting waiting at the front, and he'd go. He used to call me Cat Weasel. Do you remember Cat Weasel? <laughs> yeah. I had long hair back then. I had long That's hair, right, long hair. He used to call me Cat Weasel, and he used to give me a clump. He used to give me an headlock. I'd be like Gaffer, Gaffer. No, no. Every morning he'd that sign your contract, sign your contract, and. In the end, we started, I stayed strong. Well, I didn't stay. You know, I didn't sign my contract. And then it got to January, and all of a sudden, Parge went quiet. West Ham went quiet. So I was like, oh, God. And then I had three or four options of, like, clubs that were probably looking like they were going to go to the Prem. But then Reading came in. Um, and obviously, I was like, Stax is there, City's there, Hub's there, my friends. I'm back down to London. It sounded great to me. So... In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have joined a team where you're right back, he's the captain. He's doing amazing. You ain't, you ain't losing a game. You're playing amazing. In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have went to a team like that. But I did, and I was told I had to be patient um, for the first 
you know, till the end of the season, which I was kind of, but then once I was in, I was not playing. It was a big, it was quite disheartening. It's hard to be around uh, when you're, when you're a footballer and not playing. It's really difficult. And I found that really difficult. And, um, you know, I probably, probably got myself into trouble a few times. And whether couple like that or not, or whether he liked me or not, I was a bit too dangerous for cops. Like when I first went there as a right back, he was going to play me. You know, I was you. I come from Arsenal. When Arsenal was like the last ball you play is in the channel. If you do play a channel ball at Arsenal, you get pulled off. So I grew up playing football. Whereas you go, we went to Reading. He said, "Listen, your first ball's in the channel. Your second ball's to your winger. Your last ball's into the midfielder. And if that midfielder loses it, it's my fault." So. You know, I wasn't to change the way I played. So I was more of a risk player. So I don't know. I don't really know who signed me or because if you'd have watched me at Stoke, you would have realised what kind of a player I was, you know. So I don't want to talk bad about people say, you know, you know, it was great. And they took a chance on me and it didn't work. Um, and I'd done some silly things whilst I was there that probably didn't help me, you know, drinking and whatever. So um, it's one of them things. But being being in and around it and being involved with a team that won the league, that convincingly was amazing. That done well, so well in the first season at the Premiership was great. You know, I loved the boys to bits. I loved all the coaching staff and and cops, but it just wasn't it wasn't meant to be for me there. And um, story about you talked about them not having sort of seen your style of play. Actually, they didn't even see Marcus Hanneman play at all when when they signed him. They they went to see him play in a game. He wasn't playing, and they saw the way he kicked the ball in the warm up. Uh, warming up the goalkeeper and signing him. Enough. So, yeah. uh, and, and then... Well, that worked wonders for us, didn't it? I mean, how many went to early in the channels? Uh, that worked wonders. And um, obviously you mentioned um, Steve Sidwell. He was you know, a fantastic player for Reading, but um, yourself and Graham Stack as well. Um, Graham Stack's really interesting because obviously he didn't really get much of a look in. Um, mm. But... He, you know, when we've had sort of players on from that team, they, they've, you know, every now and again, Graham Stack gets a mention. They say he was a big, big voice. There He's a character. Course. Stack's is a character, mate. You put him in any any room in the world, any room with any people, and Stacks will be the loudest one in there. And people will, yeah. will listen to him as well. So um, Stacks is a, is a big, big character and a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah, and 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 in that situation for for him and and you and you're not getting a look in. How, how do you stay motivated? Do you go? Do you know what? I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to force my way in, or you know what? What do you do to keep your spirits up? And you know, that's try what it is. Work? I think that's what it is. I think you kind of you go sort of week to week, and you believe in your ability so much. Well, I did anyway, and I I'm, I'm, I I feel like Reading was was the beginning of the end for me of, of, of in my opinion, which should have been a, a great career, but it wasn't. And I stayed there too long. Um, maybe I should have had someone pull me out or whatever and tell me, listen, let's, because I was there for what, two and a half, three years. And once you're out of sight, you're out of mind. I come out of there and there was only a few clubs interested and I'd had my injuries as well at Reading, which didn't help. Um, but you just, I did. I believed in my ability so much, and I was just thought, right, cool. Like I'm gonna still play the way I'm playing, but cops will see it, or the, the you know, they'll see it. And they'll realise they need me, and I didn't change the way I played. And and, and you just go week to week, and you think oh, I'm gonna get in this weekend or next weekend, next weekend. Um, and then I I did have some long term injuries there as well, so that never really helped. Well, we had uh, our co-host has got a similar story to you. Uh, uh... 
Leeds before he came to Reading. He couldn't get in because uh, of Gary Speed and Tony Dorigo playing on the on the left side. Um, so yeah. he came to Reading, but um, but obviously you you know you mentioned Graham Murty. What a what a great player he was. And, oh, what a pro! What a pro! What a guy! You know, lovely, sort of lovely, lovely human. And sometimes you just, you know, you never wish for someone to get an injury, but but sometimes you just need a bit of luck. And that, yeah, and that team actually, um, mm. you know, you you had um, four players up front, likes of Kevin Doyle, Lita, um, yeah. and uh, Dave Kitson, and and it was like one of them was was always injured, and then yeah. they, someone else. But yeah. you you never had that, you, you know. You just, nah, just kind of. I can't. Yeah, you kind of just wanted to be thrown in and then let you let and then express yourself on the pitch. Because sometimes if you're judged in training alone, it's a little bit like. And you know what? Reserve team football as well was really difficult to play once you'd been playing for two or three seasons, and you sort of go back to reserve team football. It's, I think you go through the motions. I didn't think. I, I don't think you think you were at the time. But when I look back at it, and it just happened with pros and pros and pros over the years, all the time. You just go through the motions of reserve team football and slowly but surely you get used to that. And then when you step up again, or even when I stepped out and went to, it was a big shock again to start, you know, getting onto that sort of intensity. Because reserve team football is, you know, it's half intensity, really. Yeah. Johnny, do you, uh, do you want to come in now? Yeah, Johnny, like when, you know, at Reading there, you know, for the club, it was, you know, obviously one of our greatest seasons. But at the end of that first season, you know, with the celebrations and that, did it kind of feel kind of a bit hollow for you not yeah. having the role? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I say, I say it all the time to my mates and that, that are football fans. I'm like, they're like, oh, I just, I'm like, if you're involved in some a, a team that wins something, I, 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 other than maybe internationally, right? If your country wins something, you're involved, fantastic. If you're involved in a team that wins something, but you play a bit part or you're on the bench all time, I'm telling you, if, if if you're not telling me you uh, the same, you're a liar because you don't enjoy it. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You just feel like you're a bystander and you're not really. You weren't. You weren't involved in it. You didn't help. You didn't. You just you know. Just uh, I've got my my uh, my medal still, and I don't know where it is. If I'm honest with you, I'll like, yeah. put it away yeah. somewhere. I'm just like it don't. You know. Other than the, me- I've got great memories here, but uh, I wasn't involved in that really. And like when you you know you you touched on them when you had a chance. To you know, to play. Did you kind of feel like you knew your only kind of? A, I think that game I was talking about. Literally, I think the few of the, the the squad players in, didn't they? When you had a game, did you feel like I'm not really going to get a run here? It's just I'm filling in. Yeah, yeah. It, then you do have that feeling, especially even if you play, like you said, if if you play, but then like they've dropped, you know, taking out six, five or six of the big boys, or what you want to call big boys, you still feel like it's all right. Cool. This is a bit of a non-important game it's a bit of a reserve game it's a bit of a um whereas if you just go in and just just you, one player's come out and you're with the boys still and you're you know playing well it feels a little bit different like you're getting a chance um but yeah it's just um it's it's an hard one and then I think you just need to get out as soon as possible but I didn't do that I didn't yeah. do that I stayed there too long and um you know I love being around the boys and around it but I wish I would have got out sooner and that that summer between championship win did you think for the your first season of the Premier League I've been, come from Arsenal I've got a chance here now because maybe the football's going to be different style of play possibly yeah yeah that was it um like you know I, I don't know how much damage I'd actually done between January and then with the coaching staff or whatever because you know some certain things happened I'll tell you one story in a minute but um um 
yeah, you think you get right, cool, I'll be ready for the summer and then you, you, your pre-season starts and then all of a sudden you're thinking, right, this is it, I'm going to be involved now. But slowly but surely it sort of goes back to the normal ways and, you, and then you get really disheartened again. Yeah. And then um, and then I think I got injured quite early on, which lasted a few months and that was it. Once your team's up and running in the Prem and you started really well and we started really well, that was it. It was like, oh God, I'm back to, to being, you know, just on the sidelines again. And does that impact on your mental health when you were playing? You know, that Absolutely. Injuries... I think you ignore it. You ignore it somehow. You, ignore, you find a way to ignore it. Because um, if, you, you, know, if you, you think about it too much, you, you know, it kills you. But you find a way of ignoring it. I remember, I'm not sure, my memory's a bit hazy, but I do remember at one stage whilst I was injured, I didn't even want to go to the games. I didn't want And they must have knew, because the only reason I would go to the game is if you had to do the rounds before and go and see everyone in the boxes. Yeah. But if you hit the crossbar, you weren't doing that. And I could hit the crossbar with my eyes shut when I was playing when I was back in the day. So I don't play golf. I'm going to play golf when I, yeah. when I was injured. I didn't want to watch the games. It hurt too much. Yeah. But in hindsight, I probably thought I was getting away with it. But they probably knew. So that, that all of a sudden, cops and that were probably thinking, who's this kid? Who is this kid? Do you know what I mean? I remember think I think January I joined and I think we had... Um, it was an international break, maybe. So we went away. We went to Sweden. We went to Sweden or Gothenburg to play a few matches. So we was over there and um, we played one game. And after the game, you know, the guy said, you can, have a, you can have a meal or drink, you know, enjoy yourself, lad. Cool. So I think I played about 10, 15 minutes in that game towards the end. Anyway, we went out boozing, as you do. And I just went a bit stupid. I think I rolled back into the hotel about 6, 7 a.m. And on the, on the sign was... Whoever played less than 60 minutes, he's running at nine, 8.30 or 9 o'clock on the track. <laughs> on the track, 9 o'clock. So I'm going, hang on a minute. I'm in trouble there. So I remember getting lapped on that track. So cops must be thinking, well, who is this man? Who is this fellow yeah. with the sign? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't help myself in certain things. And then once things maybe stick, who knows? And, you know, like I said, the style of play probably didn't suit either. And did Steve ever have it out with you? Would he, would he, would he that sort of say, right, come on. Get over the- no, I, that was the thing. That's why I love uh, Pulis so much because Pulis told me exactly what he wanted, how he felt, when he wanted it. He, you know, he didn't care. I knew exactly what Pulis thought about me. Yeah. But cops, he went so much. It, it, you know, I went into the office a few times asking, you know, can I? Well, you got to be patient. You got to be patient. It was kind of one of them ones. You know, um, you can go on loan or you can be patient, and that was kind of it, really. Where you know, Pulis would tell you, John, do this, do that, do that, boom. boom. So you had all the information, whereas. Yeah. Don't get the information, it's a little bit hard to take, but you still believe in yourself and your ability, so you, you sort of stick around. Yeah. When the uh, John, when you look back at your time at Reading specifically, do you kind of think to yourself, uh, you know, the some of the sort of things you've talked about there, do, do you think I should have done it differently or or, or is it yeah. kind of one, of, one of those things at the time where you think about it later, do you know what I mean? I think you think about it later. I did believe in myself so much. I'll tell you one thing. I, I, I always think of this sticks in my head as well. Like, I should have left that. Like, I should have left my, I, I should, in hindsight, as an adult now, after my first training session, I should have left, right? Well, I turned up, I turned up late, not late, but I got there late because I was signing and doing my medical and that. So we got into the training pitch and they was finishing training with a fiber side or whatever. And um, so I joined in and it was like winning goal or something. So without dropping names, I'd done a trick that set up the, the, the final goal that Thierry Henry taught me, right? 
we won the game. Everyone buzzing, jumped the bar. I got pulled to the side up and he says, don't ever do that in a game. Don't ever do that in a game. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Uh, what, what am I here for? Like, why have I been signed here? If you don't, that's not, like, that was me. That was, like, if you would watch me, that's what I sort of was. So in hindsight, like, adult John is now like, you should have just, once you heard that, mate, you should have packed your bags and found another club or, or found your way out. Well, you it did... bizarre then why they signed you. Sorry, Mark. No, go yeah, on. I don't know. It seemed bizarre why they would sign you then if that's the type of player. If they'd done the scouting, which, which Reading at that time, Mark, wasn't it? They were relentlessly good for the scouting yeah. in there. Yeah. And yeah. If you're that kind of player, you're not yeah. going to do something different than what they've already seen, isn't yeah. it? Oh, I was a bit of a, I don't know, I don't, I'm not saying flair player, but I was a bit more of a risky player or but what more of a, a defender would like to play out and try and, you know, you know, maybe dribble to go out a bit or play some interesting things. And they weren't looking for that. So I, I really don't know who signed me or why I was signed. But um, I I should have, my agent should have, or whatever, should have, should have got out earlier. Johnny sounds... But I don't, want to listen, I don't want to talk bad about... Like, I love them guys. What they've done was unbelievable. The way he played Cops was... Fa- what they've done was fantastic. You know, Cops... But what, what position was we in the Premiership in the first in the first season? Eight, 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 I mean, eight, I mean, yeah. unbelievable, right? So, you know, he, he can tell me that I'm wrong, and I'm saying, "Oh, you might be," but you know, we get you both on it. <laughs> yeah, he, he Cops wins this. Johnny, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening to John talk, and I don't know if you're thinking the same, but um, I wonder how Dylan Kerr would have fitted into that team. It sounds like these two would have been mates. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good, good combination. Do I know him now? Yeah, so uh, put it this way. If you ever meet him, you'll know him. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> nobody forgets him once yeah. you've met him. But um, the... Utopia in Reading. That is, that's his claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was well known in there as well. But um, you, you obviously did move on from from Reading. And um, and, and actually, you played for Brentford in, in League Two. And you were part of their their title season did you kind of did was that like in a way a bit of redemption did you think oh you know it's at least I've been part of something now or, or did you still have some regrets at that point yeah no I think after after leaving um after leaving Reading I did I think you know look at it now I probably lost a lot of love for the game um and then going down to Brent, I only went to Brentford to keep fit because it was next to my house to keep training, um, to keep fit because it looked like I was going to Sheffield and they put a bid in, or not a bid, but they offered a contract. And then um, um, I think last second they it went it went wrong and and they signed someone else in the end. And it was then it was like panic stations because the season was starting. So I went to Brentford and and, and to keep fit um, and train. And then um, the guys, they were like, John, please, like, sign for us, sign for us. I was like, all right, cool. Let me just do a season here to get back playing. And when I'd done the season there, I mean, it was great. The win the league again, it was, it was fantastic. But um, it was the same sort of thing. Like, I wanted to play football. That league was a little bit, you know, we just wanted to, you know, be safe and, you know, win the league and play a bit safe. And it probably wasn't for me either. I mean, it was, I had a great time. I played some, you know, some decent stuff there. But um, after, after, you know, I was kind of lost the love for football then. Well, I, I would. My assessment is it got even worse after that because you played for all the shot on Wickham. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, game over then. Just yeah. get out, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, when when you look back on your career, including Arsenal and Reading, you, you know what what was the the high point for you, and what was the low point? Do you think, John? 
I mean, my high points were all up until I played until I signed for Reading. Really, um, as much as you know, great memories. But um, my high points were, you know, Arsenal, you FA Youth Cup, playing at Stoke. You know, uh, I had two two and a half amazing seasons at Stoke. I actually loved playing there. I absolutely loved it. And then, uh, you know, you, when you make a move, you have got to be lucky. When you get to a new team or new management and whatever, you got to be lucky. Or if you're not, get yourself out of there. And I didn't. So yeah, other than that, I mean. Growing up, our youth team was unbelievable. I will never ever forget them them days or training with um with the first team and people like Thierry and um Keon and Ray Parler and Perez and Vieira. Like, you know, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. What Jockey. was Arsene Wenger like for you? Did you have much involvement with him on the day to day when you Yeah, Wenger, Wenger was um he had that thing where he would, you know, he that authority that that aura about him where you know he's spoken everyone listened um except for will sword a couple of times <laughs> um but he had that aura but he just walk around he had that aura and everyone was on it and, and he was quite laid back and chilled as well like, I, I loved him i had a lot of interactions with Venga. he really liked me at one stage um and then i mean i still had like a year or two left in my contract so in hindsight i still think well i wish have stayed hung about a bit and tried but breaking into that team is going to be like near on impossible yeah. <laughs> you've, you've had John in your career. You, you've had uh, you've had a little bit of experience, shall we say, looking on at, at the teams achieving great things, haven't you? Obviously, that side at Arsenal then, and um, you know, uh, and then you think you go to Reading and kind of dif- different scenario, of course, but you're watching on there as well. Um, can you sort of looking back? Did you kind of take anything from your Football career from that experience, including you know the the lows uh, as you saw it, you know into what you did after football at all, or did you just think like I'm going to put all this behind me, do something completely different now? You know what, I was super lucky, really. Um, I think what I've learned from football was really helped in this industry. You know, everything I've learned from football discipline and you know big big, big groups and talking people and the travel and everything it's, it's kind of it's it helped a lot in this industry, but. Um, I mean, I had, I was quite lucky. I had a bad injury at Wickham. I'd done my Achilles. And I was out for the whole season. It looked like I was, you know, the doctor was saying, listen, it's not looking good. You might as well retire. I think I had about six months left in my contract. And my sister was like, listen, let's go to all the modern agencies in London. And I was like, no, 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 leave me alone. So she forced me. She took me to all these modern agencies in London. And they all said, no, 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 no. And then the last one I went into was Next London, who's now my agent. And um, it was like, yeah, yeah, cool. You, you look all right. But... um come back when you can be full-time. So I was like, all right, cool. So I forgot all about it. And then eventually retired about six months later. And then I think I had four or five days where I was like, cry my eyes out. What am I going to do? And then I went to Westfield Shopping Centre and I was walking about there and uh, my agent was in there scouting. And he was like, John, what's happening? Like, are you going to come in and take some pictures? So I said, yeah, all right, cool. So I went and took some pictures. And that was it. They signed me the next day. So I was signed up the next day and... Um, the first few months was quite slow. And then, I, then they sent me to New York, went to New York and some geezer gave me a cover of a magazine. And that was it. Like once that cover came out, it was like, it was just nuts. I didn't stop working. So I was everywhere. It was cool. Sounds like such a terrible life that you've had, John. Yeah, it is. What a yeah. lucky, lucky <laughs> It's worked out all right, isn't it, from leaving Reading to... Lucky bars. My third career is going to be a bad one, surely. <laughs> so what, um, what? what's next? What's next for you, John, then? The... Um... The the so what is it? Is it a line of clothing that you want to do? What what's uh, what's the plan? Yeah, so we're gonna start. We're gonna start sort of 
well, it's, it's, I'm starting kind of hard, really, but I'm starting small. The selection's going to be quite small, but it's going to consist of... Um, I'm doing, like, um, what you would call affordable luxury, maybe, for men, like modern suiting, really soft suiting, really casual suiting. Um, and we're going to do... We're creating outfits. So we're going to create five or six outfits and um, that can all be kind of like, you know, mix and match. There's something that you want to keep in your wardrobe for, for a long time rather than this fast fashion look. Um, so that, that's the plan. So that once I, mixing, the, even though it's the same industry, mixing them t- the two at the moment, it's really difficult time-wise. So I'm just trying to make it all work. And then next uh, next uh, spring when we release it, we'll just play it by ear. Hopefully we can we can get out there and I can try and get some of these footballers to wear it on the telly and whatnot and all my model friends to wear it. And then we'll see where it goes from there, man. Well, I'm, we can um, wear it for you John, on the podcast. Johnny, I'll let you come oh, in, in a sec. I'll let you come in a sec, Johnny. But <laughs> I just want just want to say, John, I'm, I'm getting married, so I might come and uh, have a word, see if you can help me out with some outfits. Easy. And, and as, as I say, six foot seven, bald, middle aged man. If anyone needs someone like that to help out, I don't, I don't mind. Like I said, ten pound an hour, just let me know. But I know John. <laughs> I just say, like, if you want to sponsor us on the podcast, you know, we'll wear whatever we want for you, John. You know, yeah, we do that. that. Dylan, you might do that. Well. Just the top half. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, John, do you, do you still follow football now? I love it. Time. I can't. I can't. I went for a stage of like a year or two of not watching. It. I couldn't watch it. Like after I retired, um, even though I, I must have went through some sort of like weird depression or whatever you want to call it yeah like because i couldn't watch it and i was still working and traveling everywhere but i, w- I went for a little stage of like because it was quite a big jump from from this uh, football industry into this because with the football you were 30 geezers every day your best friends every day amazing you know the banter's flying everywhere and then this is quite lonely so there's a lot of traveling on your own you're in the airports you're on the trains you turn up you, you meet people new people maybe 15 15 of them you get the shoot done and then you're finished again, like five, six o'clock, you're done. You're in the hotel, you're waiting for your plane the next day. So it's quite a lonely life. It took a while to get used to that. But now I love it. Like, absolutely love it. And, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, really lucky to be doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Indeed, who, um, i say, like, who do you, who is your team you follow now going back to the, is it Arsenal? So Arsenal, yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I will watch football you know, every night, every night the football's on the telly, I can watch it. Uh, I mean, I, st- I still enjoy a little bet now and again, so uh, that helps. Um, but Arsenal's still my team. We've done all right this season. We yeah. just felt the first, last hurdle. So um, hopefully we can have a good summer in the, maybe in the transfer market and drive on again. Um, but yeah, um, football fan again, absolutely. And what do you, I don't know if, you know, with what's happened with Reading this season, what do, what do you make of our decline after that great time when you were there? You know, it's, it's it's really sad. You know, come coming out of the league, uh, I don't know what sort of funds they got there, but to get back, come back up straight away is really difficult. You know, really, really difficult. So, hopefully, you guys can do it. Maybe you need a few more players or need to invest or whatever money you've got. But you know, it's uh, it's a sad time for Reading, but I'm sure they'll bounce back. Thank you. All right. Well, well thanks. For, yeah, thanks for that, John. Really. Um, you know, really appreciate you sparing your your time. From where, where are you in the world at the moment? By the way, I'm just in London. I'm in London. I'm in London for the for the next three or four days, and I'm off to New York. So I can't. Okay. Can't mind. Right. That's that's that's, <laughs> sounds like it's worked out all right, John. Yeah, <laughs> so far, right. John. Well, thanks ever so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time, and uh, best thanks, of luck Zach. with uh, with everything you do. Thank yeah, you brilliant. so much.
And just uh, just a reminder for the listeners and the YouTube viewers that on Tuesday, thanks to Johnny's efforts, we've got former Reading winger Glenn Little. John, I'm oh, sure you remember him. That'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> it'll um, go on for a while. <laughs> Uh, and we've got we've got a bonus episode coming up. We don't know when, but we will be bringing you a bonus episode when Reading finally announce their new manager. So we don't know when that'll be, but Johnny and I are ready to pounce with an episode <laughs> with, our, with our reaction to to that. Um, and we have no idea because there's there's a new favourite every day at the moment. So uh, we we have no idea who it's going to be really. But um, yeah, thanks, John. Thanks, Johnny. And uh, yeah, best of luck with everything, John. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Sports Social Podcast Network.